no question and there never will be a question as to how special Sidney Crosby's been within the scope of Pittsburgh sports history, within the scope of hockey history. But let's just go right ahead and crudely reduce that to Mount Rushmore debates, okay? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. It's not a rich time of the calendar year for hockey news. So when I saw the NHL's public relations official account on social media put forth a graphic to remind everyone that if Sid produces 90 points in the coming season, he'll have moved into the league's all-time top 10 scorers. No real news there. If Sid does it this season, great. If he doesn't, he's going to do it eventually. He's going to move into the top 10. He's going to move into the top whatever. He's got a lot of hockey left in him, and he's got a lot of fire in him. And obviously, as we just saw this past season, he's still got a whole lot of Sid-level skill left in him. But where will he end up? That's what I went to because I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, top 10. No, No kidding. Where will he end up? And the framework for this sort of thing almost invariably either disintegrates or evolves, based on your point of view, into a Mount Rushmore thing. Now, I've always done one, and I've I've kept it. Well, no, 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 that's not true. I've done one for sports, and I've done one for the city as a whole. And I've given you the city one as a whole without getting into all the who, what, and why of this, because we can discuss it some other time, some other place, I've had Fred Rogers, Andrew Carnegie, Jonas Salk, and Chuck Knoll as the four giants of the city. And there's a little bit of everything mixed in there. Entertainment icon, steel magnet, revolutionary vaccine creator, and of course, sports represented through Mr. Knoll. But from the pure athlete's standpoint, this gets a little bit nebulous, and and you're about to hear why. Because a lot of people will prefer to include sentimentality over performance or sentimentality right along with performance. And I don't put sentimentality in there at all when I do mine. I'm talking about the four greatest, most accomplished athletes in Pittsburgh sports history, period. And within that, I start with who are the greatest players in each of our three teams' histories. And I find that to be an exceptionally easy exercise. Hannes Wagner is by far the most accomplished baseball player from these parts. And that's even including the Negro Leagues players, with all due respect to Josh Gibson. That's including Willie Stargell, Roberto Clemente. Wagner was a member of the original Hall of Fame class of just five people. When they first inducted anyone, that was way back in 1936. And Babe Ruth was one of the others, along with Ty Cobb. You get the idea. 
This was the greatest athlete in our city for the first century of organized sports here. Easy one. Mean Joe Green is the greatest of the Steelers. I can't find more than a handful of people who would counter that with anything reasonable. He was the architect, the foundation, the everything for four, four Super Bowl championships in the 1970s. No one else on that team compares to Mr. Green. The greatest of the Penguins, hey, you're the one that pressed play on a show called Daily Shot of Penguins. I don't have to tell you who that is because he's also the greatest hockey player who ever lived. And what you have left is one spot. That's the way I've seen this for a long time. And you could look at all of the Steelers Super Bowl championships and say, well, that's, you know, that's where you need to be going next because of all those. Well, no, it's an individual thing. It's an individual distinction, including for Mr. Green, a truly, truly great player. And you can look at the Pirates' history and say, well, they've been around for 142 years, so it stands to reason that they would have more. Well, it does stand to reason, but they don't. They don't. They have five World Series championships, which is the same number of cups the Penguins have in one-third of the span. The Steelers, of course, have six Super Bowl championships. So what ends up winning the day for most people in most of these arguments is sentimentality. You can't picture a Pittsburgh sports Mount Rushmore without Clemente on it. The heroic nature of his death, the pioneering nature of his life in baseball. Uh, 1966, National League MVP, a World Series champion in 1960 and 1971, World Series MVP at age 38 in the latter. 3,000 hits. the, The list is very long. And yet, my goodness, there's no good way to say this, okay? With eminent respect, I put forth that Sidney Patrick Crosby has had a markedly better career as a hockey player. All his MVPs, all of his championships, three of them, all of his Conn Smythe trophies, you can even throw in Although it's not a Pittsburgh thing, the two Olympic gold medals with Canada, that makes him one of the most decorated Olympians in our city's history, since, you know, he was living here when he did those things. And with all that, plus the fact that he's not done yet, he bumps Clemente off my Mount Rushmore, which sounds awful, I know, but... Pay attention to the criteria as presented, because if you're going to change the criteria for your own, go nuts, but be clear to point that out. Mine is purely based on athletic performance. Now, the other argument that comes in, how can you have two hockey guys on there? Or when people will come at me personally and say, well, you're just a hockey guy, even though I've covered all three teams and all three sports fairly. A lot of people around here still like to think that just because you know something about hockey, it must mean you're a hockey person first. Well, even if I am, answer me this. Do the Steelers have two of the top handful of players 
all time in NFL history. Do they? No, they don't. Do the Pirates have two of the handful of the best players in Major League Baseball history? No, they don't. Do the Penguins have that? Yes, they do. Undeniably. When we come back, J1Q. Now I've got everybody all riled up. You know, I took Roberto Clemente off of your Mount Rushmore. What kind of monster are you? Dan says, DK, unfortunately, Mike Sullivan has a habit of ruining young guys, and he doesn't understand that the NHL is now young and fast. Sully's living off two cups and is never held accountable, right? Well, accountability for a head coach only means one thing. It doesn't mean people like me writing columns criticizing him. It doesn't mean uh, anyone, media fans, alumni, uh, people who are just around the Penguins in their little world, it doesn't mean them criticizing him either. There's no accountability other than losing your job when you're an NHL head coach. And as we see around the league, only all the time, this is a regular occurrence. There's no major professional sports league that runs through its coaches the way this one does. Sullivan is the great outlier in having been around as long as he has. Going back, of course, to the fall of 2015. He is a very, very good coach. And he did do a great job in winning those two championships, and he's shown other strengths since then as well. But I'm going to tell you here that you kind of had me before you got to the accountability line, because I don't believe Sullivan should be fired. I believe he's one of the better coaches in the league, and I believe the Penguins are really, really smart to have found a way to make sure that he doesn't go anywhere. Accountability as it comes to playing kids is different. And I've been saying for a while here, including before Kyle Dubas was hired, that whoever was going to come in was going to have to be someone not only given the authority by Fenway Sports Group and by the structure that gets assigned to legitimately oversee the coaching, including the head coach, and to be able to speak up when they feel it's necessary, but also to find the personality to match that. And I'm not going to pretend to know what Dubas is like in that regard, and I'm definitely not going to look back on his time in Toronto where he had people under him who, realistically, I mean, Sheldon Keefe is the coach of the Maple Leafs, and he's done absolutely nothing, just like every other Toronto coach over the last half century in the playoffs. So he doesn't have any ground to stand on when it comes to somebody over his head saying something. Sullivan does in a twofold way. One, he did win those championships. And two, he very, very clearly has established the solid, firm backing of the FSG people. But Dubas is still going to have to do it. 
I am telling you right now that you're not going to see meaningful changes from this coach to the areas that are legitimate shortcomings, not just the lowest hanging fruit stuff like the young players. There's going to have to be meaningful change, I believe, systematically, approach-wise, accountability, to throw that word in here again, meaning if the only player that Sully's going to get mad at for not giving enough of a crap over the last two years is Evan Rodriguez because Evan made the fatal mistake in Pittsburgh of retaliating in that playoff series against the Rangers, and Sullivan was furious about it. I've heard that it actually contributed to the Penguins not being interested in Rodriguez returning at all. Well, what about all the sleepwalking this team did? What about everybody waiting on Jason Zucker to be, what was Sullivan's term? Uh, The guy who dragged them into the fight? That wasn't okay. That wasn't okay. There are areas where he can become better. And if Dubas doesn't take care of that, who will? I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 